What's up, guys? We're back from hiatus. Rider Reviews. It's been a long time coming. Yeah, huh? We're back. Um, we're practicing social distancing. We're recording at our respective households. That's right. As many of you should. Stay indoors. And if you have to go to work, hey, tough hey, luck. Like, like my whole philosophy is right now, six feet away or six feet under. Yeah. You decide. You decide. You decide. And shout out to all our health co-workers, <laughs> grocery store employees. Yeah. All of them. All of them, bro. All the all the all the essentials. Love me. Them, love all the essentials. Yeah. I don't yeah, me and Collar me and Collar. And non-essentials. We don't discriminate. Yeah, all you non-essentials too. If you're struggling with cash, we're I hope man, you figure we're something up. out. Hoping for the best. And hopefully this podcast gives you something to be happy about or just, yeah. we're gonna just something to take your mind off of everything. Take you, make you not get up in a stir. <laughs> take you to a new place. All right, what are we talking about today, Kyle? We're going to talk about Ozark Season 3, baby. Yeah, this, this honestly, when it came to Ozark Season, this is like one of the most anticipated TV shows for me of this year. Since everything else seems to be canceled. For me, this year, this was the most, um, for, in my opinion at least, it was the most anticipated show, and I was look, really looking forward to it. And uh, I would say overall it did not disappoint. I thought it was uh, solid. It was probably the best season for me, personally. But uh, I did, uh, did enjoy season one. And then season two, I felt how to drop off. And then I thought this season really picked it up a notch. So, what was your take on it? Uh, my take on it was, I think with Ozark, they have a way of like trying to start off every episode with like a bang almost. And they really did. They the, started off this year with a definite bang. Like the bang in season one was like Marty literally watching his partner get murdered and someone get thrown off the roof of a apartment building season two wasn't really that season two was good but it wasn't as memorable as season three yeah it's just like I mean that, like i know like season two was a lot like with uh, ruth's like dad and like her family um but honestly like that's all i can really recall about the whole season all i recall is just like um and then, like, the, the snow snow like the Snow family just being this, this <laughs> being complete lunatic. Yeah, like the thing is, John Snow is actually low key pretty normal. Yeah, which can we talk about uh, Darlene a little bit here? Because um, I actually did feel like in season three here they dialed her down a little bit, like because she's like such a psycho in season two, but this season they kind of like you know dialed her back a little bit because I. I think their whole goal was to keep her around a little bit longer and make her, you know, at least if people don't like her, at least make her, you know, um, understandable a little bit more, just like from her perspective. Yeah, from and, her perspective, uh, but like, <laughs> although they was pretty repulsive. Dude, there's no dude. Her spots. <laughs> dude, it's like the first scene with Miss Snell. Oh yeah, we're not gonna really. I'm, we're gonna try to go in chronological order, but it's quarantine, man. Who gives a damn? 
It's just like the beginning of all of Ozark literally begins with like these guys counting money in the back of like a dress shop. And um, it's in Mexico. And I haven't been to Guatemala a lot in my childhood. It reminds me of like a little shop in Guatemala. And I look back and I wonder how many of those businesses were legitimate and how many were just fronts for drug cartels. I would say, uh, what would you give it? What percentage would you give it? 50 50? On, like 50, 50, 50, 50 like, no, maybe like 4, 30, 50, like 30, whatever the other percentage. 30, 50, 20? <laughs> <laughs> I'm shit at math, bro. So I have a mediocre podcast, dog. <laughs> you can't step, you gotta step up your math game, bro. You, you gotta, gotta step, step up that math game, bro. Percentage. You gotta step up that math game, dog. And anyone, anyone that's good at math, please hop on the podcast because we need help. Yeah. Please. We need it. Well, it's like. This opener reminded me of the opening of like Sicario 2, which, oh, yeah. which was like both involve a, a domestic attack, a domestic terrorist attack. Cause that's what it is. was a domestic that's terrorist a attack. Yep. It starts off with like this, the Lagunas cartel goon walking in, stabbing a dude in the hand, then walking in the back of the shop. Killing well, he stabs him in the hand, which, uh, does that make you think of the Godfather at all? Like the first Godfather, um, yeah, and, uh, that's the a... guy. I think you on the day of this day, your, your daughter's wedding or whatever. That guy he has to go do a, a hit or whatever, and he has his hands stabbed, and then he gets choked, and basically has his like throat cut. Well, this was like similar to that in a way. Like, yeah, honestly, yeah. And then he yeah. plants a bomb inside the shop where they're counting money, blows up the shop, and then a bunch of people start. A bunch of people are running for the money, which. Then they get, those are the ones that die because, and I think that's maybe a, a whole metaphor for this entire season, don't you think? Like the people that are just like chasing after all that money and they end up getting blown up. More money, more problems, bro. Oh, money, more problems, baby. You got to stick with what you got. You can't, don't try to push it or else you're going to get it. That's why we're dirt poor, Rudy. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's why I work two jobs. Yeah, and so you see that, and then it just moves on to it moves from that, and then you see like Wendy later on reading about like how the Navarro cartels like losing people. It's like people looking back at the Vietnam War and seeing how many dead are are, are occurring, are uh, building up now compared to like now, like how she's literally trying to keep up with it, because at this point her whole family's like encompassed by the fact that they're into organized crime. Yeah, like her. Kids know about it. It's like I don't know if they know to the degree. What's well, like Charlotte's that. helping out? Like Charlotte, Charlotte is downright helping out her mom at the. That's true. Yeah. And like and Jonah's even like giving off like his ideas, which are actually pretty good ideas for like how to uh, you know further their uh, laundering business or you know however they want to uh, attack their competition. Um, and they're kind of just like, you know, putting it off, like, you know, cause, because they don't want to have their kids involved in it too much to where they become, uh, you know, obviously uh, issues later on where their lives are at risk. Yeah, and, uh, and it's like Jonah, he starts to realize, like, he actually has potential in helping out his parents. But his parents were like, oh, no, you don't need to be a part of it. I'm like, how many, how, how can he not? You guys literally, he literally killed someone. 
especially with the idea of the drone remember yeah like that comes back to play later on yeah series like with his flying drones and that's kind of like where we first spot him it's like in the show is like him with the drone and how it can be used as uh you know warf in warfare yeah and how good of a weapon that can be like we see that in sicario too like the sicario part two they use drones in that yeah and then oh no we we're american so obviously we know about drone attacks overseas if only we can drone attack the coronavirus that'd be pretty dang (laughs) just like destroy it yeah man fortunately it's not so simple yeah man and so it's just like you see a move on like you see ruth starting to get more business savvy in the casino and marty just like showing her the ropes and you see him he's always thinking of new ways to develop to beat to cheat the system yeah marty kind of bugs me in the first few episodes obviously because um his like it seems like he's like really gone conservative which i guess to a degree he was always a little more conservative like in risk averse but he kind of brought his family into this whole situation to begin with um i think he's trying to think of an end game like he he really is but it's also not moving the story along and so for an audience it's just he's kind of an irritating uh character he remind me of his character michael blue from arrested development like exactly. there's i'm do i kid you not there's some care like there's some points in ozark when he's like giving up like when he's like explaining stuff i feel like i'm watching arrested development with drugs yeah exactly well and you think about it, it his character is similar to that character in a lot of ways. He's just trying to keep his family together. Yeah. And it's like he's dealing with a bunch of ridiculous... Like he's a normal person dealing with abnormal circumstances. Actually, that's a good way to put it. Like his brother's bipolar. His wife yes. is pretty much... Well, his brother-in-law. His, yes. bro- his brother-in-law is bipolar. Jonah, his son is bipolar. Like you towards Jonah, like, are you, like... Do you think that... I know this is jumping uh, jumping a little bit, but do you think Jonah is kind of encompassing Ben's character a little bit towards the end there? Well, it's just like, I don't know, me, and you, both, me and you both work in mental health to some capacity, and you could see people develop sure. di- like develop disorders like that at a young age. Like, we both have witnessed this firsthand, yeah. and it's either A, he's developing a mental disorder, or B, he's just fed up. Like, imagine growing up, literally watching people get murdered, your family investigated by the FBI, you have no friends, um, exactly. your first you kiss is, is from a girl whose mom is a lawyer for a drug cartel, your parents are... How many people killed? Yeah. yeah. Your parents are criminals, and the only person you trust was a, a dude that died, an old guy, your, your uncle who was also murdered by the cartel... And your sister, Charlotte. Yeah. He even talks about how the, uh, oh man, what is his character's name? The old guy that dies. I don't remember. He's just goofy as hell. And I love that character too. he said that was his best friend. Yeah, his best friend was like some old dude. Like, and what would you do if you caught like Genevieve being friends with like, at like whatever age Jonah was at the beginning of season one, is being friends with some old guy that walks around naked? I'd be like, hey, get the fuck away from my nephew or niece. (laughs) We swing him, yeah. bro. I think uh, I think it is almost an interesting parallel there with Ben and that uh, the older 
a male character that had died earlier, like in what season two, I think, is when he passed. Did he pass or did he get shot? He he gets shot. I think. Yeah, because uh, Jonah fails to shoot him, shoots the cartel guy, and then he comes up and shoots him and gets shot. So, like, these are all, I think of Steven Universe, how they explain trauma. And it's like, if you don't deal with your trauma healthy, it affects you later on in life. And I think Jonah's experienced so much trauma in his life. I think his body is, like, his mind, his mental health like status is, like, just now trying to keep up with it. It's like, I don't know how Charlotte is doing it. Right. Which, um, I also, I think that's one of my cons about season three is the use of Charlotte in the show in the season three. You kind of hardly I see her. Like she got, had a very minimal role this season. Like she just wasn't used a lot, which I guess to some degree based on the story or based on where they're going with it, I can understand a little bit just because anything that's going on with her life just seems so minuscule in comparison to what Wendy and Marty are having to deal with, like dealing with the cartel and everything that it's kind of hard to really justify giving her a large role. But, I, I, I don't just, know, I, f- I feel like she just, like, disappeared this season. Yeah, I feel I like in season two, is it season one or season two when she loses her virginity? Season one. Yeah, I feel to like... That, it, to that boat guy. Yeah. yeah. The thing is, I feel like season one, I mean season three, like, you hardly see her, but she actually played a decently impactful role in it, like, when Aaron came into play. So... Aaron's she was, was like the smart one. Like she had already been through what Aaron is going through. Yeah, and like Aaron, like and thing is, she like okay. Aaron's the daughter of Helen. Helen is the lawyer for the Novaris cartel, and now the Birds. So in season in episode one, you literally see is episode one, or episode two, one of the early on in the season of season three. You literally see Helen getting waterboarded and just yeah, taken like a champ. First, first episode with the cartel. Like imagine like a part of your daily business routine is routinely getting prop you may or may get tortured by your boss's supervisor imagine your brother showing up as an accountant and getting waterboarded and then being like, go back to work buddy like imagine that was a daily imagine us going to work before we go on patrol we get waterboarded and we're like oh i got everything just another day at the office another day the <laughs> central employee i've been helping you know. <laughs> waterboard people <laughs> No, no, and it's like she takes it like a champ, and like the thing is, Helen, like if you were to look at her from outside, like you just like you would, I would not. Say she's a lesbo looking girl. You would just take her as like a stereotypical upper class mother. I would, th- yeah, and but Dude, not. She has a look though. I just hate. I don't like. Automatically, I dislike her from even from the first episode she was in. I disliked her. Bro, she's it's some like of the... something about her body and her disproportionate head in comparison with it. I just she just reminds <laughs> me of long neck. <laughs> she just reminds me of the the wives of the people who I used to mow lawns for in high school and like really? Ugh, upper class dude that. yes I used to I used to mow lawns for like upper class people and like she would like offer me waters like some people like that would offer me water on Lacroix wow. and I'm like all right how nice, of her. I, how nice. Still, speaking to me well, in she broken had Spanish water for you, bro. she got waterboarded like almost to death. Yeah, and it's just like, that's mind blowing. And so Helen's a lawyer, and Helen's also a snake too. And it's like, bro, she is, bro. She got that long neck that looks like a snake. You're a bastard. 
I am, dude. I literally have it playing right now in the background as we're recording. I have Ozark playing. I usually have some weird. I usually have leftovers playing whenever we're recording, but. Bro, since, she just has a face I want to punch. Like, ah, I just hated it. <laughs> all right, back to back to the, back to the story though. So Helen, Helen is a the lawyer for the Narvarios cartel. Helen has a daughter named Erin. Erin doesn't want to go back to Chicago a virgin because she's embarrassed. That she's still a virgin. Would you, if you're, Aesthetic. it's nothing to be embarrassed about if you're in that boat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nothing to be embarrassed about. Don't feel ashamed, guys. All right. Don't let anyone shame you because you could uh, end up being murdered. <laughs> Almost, you could end up being arrested because Aaron's. So Aaron doesn't want to go back to Chicago. Um, Do you think it's a bigger deal with girls like uh, to be virgins now later on than guys? I have no idea, man. I'm not. I'm not about to go there on the podcast because I'm not. I can't open up that bag. I don't know. I don't know, man. I just know that Charlotte was Aaron at one point, and I feel like since Charlotte knows about everything, like Aaron's Aaron's mother, Helen said, "Don't tell my daughter anything. Look after my daughter." And Charlotte's imagine, already lost her innocence, bro. She's already been exposed to too much. Yeah, but the thing is, seeing that she's kind of like the grown up that's like trying to show Aaron the ropes. Because she's like trying to talk Aaron out of like talking to that douchebag of a guy. Who is like who like who? Like, so, the FBI agent that dated the other FBI agent that got murdered. Okay, what, what was that? I'm trying to think of the FBI agent's um, name. Uh, Boyd was the guy that he was dating, right? Was it Boyd or something? And then the you got to look it up. I can't remember. Yeah. So the uh, the surviving FBI agent. Like pretty much coaxed these two, um, these people to pretty much flirt with an underage girl to get information out of her. And Charlotte honestly sees it because Charlotte knows how these people work, which is like honestly kind of like, and this kind of shined a light like how how far are people willing to go to bust a case? And um, and he was willing to break the rules and go do what's illegal. You, yeah. Agent Evans, Agent Trevor Evans, Agent Trevor Evans is like had a vendetta against Marty Bird since season one, especially since. He, I liked his character though. Oh, his character is so well written, dude. Yeah. And his boy, his ex boyfriend's character was just hilarious. Oh yeah, I actually think um, they made up for his death with uh, Ben's character, who comes into uh, episode two, I believe. Where we see him as a substitute teacher, and we learn that it's Wendy's uh, brother-in-law. Yeah. And dude, I, tell me that's not one of the best opening scenes for a character introduction that you've seen uh, on a TV show. Honestly, yeah. I, that's what, that was epic. Like, how he just gets so annoyed with all of the class, just on their phones, and it's like totally realistic, because I mean, that's what you see nowadays. Like, kids no kids be rude, bro. Kids be too rude. So he takes all of their phones and throws it into like a wood chipper. Wood chipper and then fights and then the wood chipper operator. He fights that wood chipper guy, like just tackles him and just like shouts his face like, yeah! The thing that gets me is like, first off, what was the, like, this girl was crying and being bullied. Was, she, was it an inappropriate, yeah, yeah. was it an inappropriate picture of her or a dead body? Because I never could figure I just, out. Uh, I couldn't tell for sure, but 
my instinct was that it was a dead body, like just from what my I My instinct, it was like it might have been a nasty, something nasty. It could have been a, one of the nasties. It could have been one of the like thirteen reasons why, bro. She got ha- she got Hannah Hannah. She lost her innocence right then and there. Yeah, bro. Shit, real, bro. <laughs> See, that's I don't what. Know. To me, I thought it was a, a dead body, though, which would be more fitting for a show like Ozark because obviously there's a lot of death taking place. Yeah, well, know it's funny. Like, I was living in the, I was uh, job training in the Ozarks for four weeks, and I, I like we, I went to like some parts of the Ozark, like parts of that Missouri, and. It was pretty wavy because I'm like, this literally reminds me of the TV show Ozark. Like this town really? is is kind of it's kind it's kind of different. Well, it's interesting too because they didn't actually shoot any of that. Yeah, they game. shot in Georgia. Yeah, but um, to me, this has a very, uh, I mean, it almost has like a it's very Fincher esque the way it's shot and everything. Like, does it not make you think of like Gone Girl and that was shot in like Cape Girardeau, Missouri? It really does. Like, also, that's the thing that I like. This is one of Netflix's best, better, like probably one of their top shows they've written. Sure, yeah, and I like give Jason Bateman credit. I just gotta give him a round of applause, bro. Jason Bateman is not only uh, acting and basically putting everything he's into producing. Acting, he's producing, bro. He's directed more episodes than any other uh, person on that show. He's the Trent Reznor of. He's had to dedicate like a lot of time and resources into this show in particular and I feel like it's really paid off. Is it, I think he's of his character in, not, go ahead. Well, like he's he's an actor, executive producer. He won he won an Emmy for this. Like he this did, yes. this beat um the, this beat The Handmaid's Tale and Game of Thrones. That's impressive, bro. Yeah, bro. Like that just shows that just how uh, much of a, a talent he really is. This this TV show is on the level of like The Sopranos and Breaking Bad. Yes. Would you uh, say so? Is that I'm a safe assumption? To, well, I'm not ready to put it there, up there quite yet because I did have a couple of. Um, as far as originality goes, I had a couple issues with it. All right. So. Like um, I I think like all, although it is extremely well written, and there are a lot of things that are done superbly, um, I think as far as it's concepts. It's, I don't find it to be wholly original just because of the fact that I do feel like there are moments in the show where it is almost reminding me of Breaking Bad or copying apart from Breaking Bad or say, like, take for instance um, how Helen is asking Ruth if, um, if the birds were not around, if she'd be able to overtake the company or take the uh, casino. Does that not also make you think of, like, when the time when uh, Gus from Breaking Bad is asking um, Walter White's partner, lab partner, if he would be able to take over the lab without uh, Walter White around? Like, to me, that just brought up, like, it was like, almost too blatant for me to just overlook. Like, that made me think so much of that certain scene. From Breaking Bad that I thought it was just copying it too much and also there was another point where there is um, where what's his name uh, Walt, uh, not Walter Marty gets abducted by the cartel oh that down, scene yeah like when he's down into like that cave uh, slash dungeon area did that 
like make you think at all of like the Dark Knight Rises, like the point where um, uh, Christian Bale's character is like he's stuck in the pit. Okay, yeah, like, okay. It's kind of like a metaphor for his like overcoming, having to overcome his fear. Basically, I never thought of it like that because, first off, um, I feel like if Heath Ledger hadn't died, Dark Knight Rises would have been completely different. But I feel like Heath Ledger died. Do you do you do you honestly feel if, if since Heath Ledger died, it changed the course of how the Dark Knight Rises was written? Not really, because Heath Ledger's character had no involvement with the Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, but I don't know, man. I, the thing is, I Dark Dark Knight, I hundred percent was better than the Dark Knight Rises. On God, bro. It was. I think it was probably the better, better, the best of the three. It's best of the three really? for sure. To me, the scene with Marty just resembled so much of uh, what that scene was in with the pit. That scene was brutal, though. That that was a tough scene to watch. That was a brutal Dude, when scene. They were playing that heavy metal music. The heavy Mexican metal, like I was like, I was like, yeah, that's good. And then, like for like, after like a couple minutes, you're definitely like, oh my god, I could see how that would just be so irritating after a while. And then they gave him rice like, with maggots in it. And then Narvario looks down the hole and he's like, I hope you fucking die. I hope you lose this war. I hope the Lagunas exactly. cartel goes and kills everyone. And yes. was this before, did he say that before or after his entire family is killed in the church? No, his entire family was killed later on. Oh, okay. Yeah, so this is before all that. What, and I'm trying to remember, what exactly did Marty, Marty unfroze the bank account and that's how they sent him back, right? Yes, which uh, he had a uh, suspicion that uh, Maya had flagged that account or whatever to basically bring him back because he had to somehow figure out a way for the cartel uh, to, I don't know, basically unflag it. And uh, so he showed his level of genius there, like his level of savvy in accounting and finance that he was able to you know, show just his what his worth is, and uh, basically they sent him back after all of that, and it's kind of like he's almost a changed man for a little bit of time, and you know he's kind of, you know, you see kind of like at the beginning how Wendy is kind of um, becoming the more progressive in the relationship, and how Marty is just kind of like stifled a little bit, and they kind of like talk about you know how the men are not as attracted to the women when the women like overtake them or basically outdo them and whether it be like um, in mental power like they're in their job how much they make whatever you know they kind of talk about that early on and then it kind of shifts back to like equal grounds later on after this whole you know uh, abduction yeah, because that just—I feel like this, like that whole event when he got kidnapped. Oh yeah, because uh, his brother—that's how Ben started figuring out there's something fishy going on with his sister and her his brother-in-law because he literally watches his brother-in-law get uh, taken hostage. Yeah, and Ben, Ben is like really Ben's smart. Like, Ben's actually smart. Like. Ben is basically the, I feel like he is the metaphor for like the, 
last remaining bit of innocence or of humanity that is left within like the birds and like all these other people that are um, encompassed in this uh, you know whole s- scheme with the cartel and everything and, like he's like the last remaining bit of humanity like where he's the voice of reason but because they are all so deeply entrenched in it like they simply cannot go by what he's like trying to get them to do which is be honest with everybody like just be upfront and like tell everyone the truth which at first it's good but then like later on it's like that last couple episodes where he's in it's like he cannot like stop getting himself into trouble he's just like the person that means well but also just fucks up really well at the same time he's really yeah. good at being bad like he wants to help but then because he's the one that talks jonah because like ruth's about to go on a money run right and so when ruth's on the money run ben follows him with jonah and pulls out the drone and spies on him and literally yeah. records the entire slaughter of all exactly. the FBI CIs and pretty much saves Ruth's life. Honestly, like that was was that not like the big save in the whole like season, I feel like? Was that Jonah had basically recorded all of that because it got Maya, the FBI agent, to really take to go that route with the case. Oh yeah, because they brought up a the birds. they brought up a law that if the cartel was to attack people on U.S. soil, they yeah, could they re- go over. yeah, because yeah, they could attack them. because I know in Narcos they bring this up. Narcos, another actually pretty good TV show about drug dealing and the cartels, is that um a uh, FBI I think it was like a someone I I don't remember the whole story, but someone on American soil was kidnapped and tortured and killed. And so, like, the U.S. Special Forces literally went in and killed everyone in the compound to prove a point. Uh-huh. So we pretty much went cartel on them. And so I, she's, trying to, she's trying to use that as a reasoning behind that. And the thing is, you see Agent Maya kind of, kind of fuck up a few times in the series. Yeah, but she's the... I think... Um, what was the other agent's name before her? Trevor Noah? I mean, Trevor Evans? Evans. <laughs> Not Noah. <laughs> Trevor Noah, the... Broadcaster. <laughs> yeah, like I think she is the more uh, she's like the more straight laced one of the two, and she's gonna stick with the case. Like even though you can tell she's pregnant, she's probably gonna be having her baby before too long, and it's you know who knows what it's gonna mean. Like if she's gonna go on her leave or whatever. She's gonna have to uh, take a hiatus from the case. You still feel like she is more encompassed in the case. Than Evans is because he's such a, um, what's the word? He's just very disturbed almost. Like he's just too crazy for his own good that he's willing to go to crazy lengths. Whereas Maya is straight enough, and like she's on the straight and narrow enough that she can stick with it without getting too distracted. One of it reminds me of um, the FBI agent in Wolf on Wall Street. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because he was yeah. offered so much money and bribes. And then at the very end, when he beats the case, you just see him sitting on the bus. Yes. <laughs> he just he's sitting on the, uh, the subway ride home. Yeah. Just with all the, uh, you know, all the peasants. Yeah. And he's, you know, he's just at peace with everything. 
Is like he at peace? You think you think at the end of Wolf on Wall Street he was at That's another movie we should do sometime. Dude, if he wasn't already at peace, he wouldn't have done all that. Honestly, but it also yeah. begs the question like the Wolf of Wall Street also begs the question, you know, would you rather have a little bit of money or a lot of money? Obviously if you could choose between the two you'd rather have a lot of money. Honestly, but, his, yeah. but the FBI agent is just at peace with where he's at and he's okay with it. And I think that's where Marty... I think that's also what Mar- is affecting Marty because of... I feel like Marty's trying to scale back and trying to get out. Like, he's trying to come out alive. Right. Because Marty knows what the cartel will do to you. Yeah. Uh, Wendy is very, very eager to, like, continue their their path into... Uh, Her and Helen like keep scheming, bro. That's the whole thing. They were, they were scheming at first. They're right snaky, bro. She's like, Helen's a snake, dog. Dude, we start to see later on that Helen is just a snake. She really can't be trusted. She will do anything. Yeah, because at one point she wants up. to be friends with Wendy, and then stuff doesn't yeah. go her way. So she, dude, she flies to Mexico to talks to the Navario and is Behind like behind the bird's back. And yeah, basically is like saying that she could take over the whole business without them. Um, and and it, she, like I said, she's asking Ruth if she believes that Ruth will be able to handle all of the uh, day-to-day business without Wendy and Marty. Around. Yeah, because well, the thing is, I, I do give reasoning because like Ben is just so chaotic. He is literally so because like Ruth falls in love with um uh, with Ben. And I think that's one of the reasons we like Ben so much is that he's like the first thing. That has been positive for Ruth. Next to like, three, next to her nephews, I mean her cousins, yeah, her brothers, whatever yeah, the hell like, they're called. But she has very little interaction with them in this season because of you know their broken relationship with you know her father and everything. Well, she also technically killed, killed her uncles. Right, and it's like her involvement with the birds has kind of like changed their uh, whole dynamics, the dynamics of their relationship. So Ben is like the best thing that is happening for her. And it's like kind of nice to see because she is just such a, you know, kind of like expletive like this, expletive that, like very, uh, you know, demanding person. And it's just nice to see like the warmer side of her personality. Like she's just cold. Like she's like happy. Like she was generally happy with Ben. And like, and that, and that's her that downfall. One of the bigger complaints. Like for me, I don't know. With Ben's death, like this, what the second to last episode, um, I felt like I was a little robbed of, like, kind of Ruth's um, emotion towards that, or her, like, we weren't really able to see. She never didn't really grieve. It's just like you out. literally see her in the crematorium with Marty. Marty's like, "Whoa, gotta burn him. Gotta." <laughs> it was more Wendy. We saw more of Wendy's grieving process than we really did of Ruth and Ruth is the character that is the closest with him the entire season. Well it's uh, like also I did say that Mexico, like I mean it's kind of hard to I guess I guess swallow that pill but that I, that scene with Wendy crying about her brother was actually was that was pretty that was a pretty powerful scene that like she dips out on her brother because like her brother is he's he's off his medicine so he's just he's so unpredictable and because like so manic, you can't trust. I know he do. interrupts an Ario Speedwagon concert just. To... <laughs> Which, by the way, I now discovered I really like Ario. Speedwagon. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Ario fucking Speedwagon, bro. Ario fucking Speedwagon. 
Dude, I just like I was like I was listening. I'm like, this is like a band that like people I older people I work with like. Shout out to Angelo, bro. I know you like Ario. It is blows- just There's no variation anymore. I just like how when Wendy's trying to convince like the dentist thing to happen at her uh, at her like at the casino, he's uh, that's the one artist. He's if you get Ario Speedwagon to come, you'll get a lot of dentists showing up. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought that was kind of. Uh, I was like, Ario Wagon, Is that all Netflix can afford? You couldn't get like Kendrick Lamar. <laughs> You couldn't get like Jefferson Starship, Metallica, Slipknot, Little Pump, Limbiscuit. Limbiscuit at least. Get get Limbiscuit. If you get to show up, you get a lot of dentists. It'd be wild, bro. People be breaking stuff. It'd be Woodstock '99 all over. I mean, yeah, that was a good ass time. (laughs) No, and so like, like that was like the big thing. Like, well, you see that that Ben Wendy's brother has issues. But then you learn a lot about Wendy. Like, Wendy, I guess, was a fighter. Like, she liked to fight. She liked to fight. She would freaking fight anybody that would even dare. Like, she would fight God and the concept of time. <laughs> if it was to help her brother out, then, yeah. Yeah, and then, like, I feel like, at, like, because that, and then, like, Ben felt like she got soft. And then Ben started to learn everything about the cartel. And then in my head, I was like, why would you tell an unstable person about like your organized crime business. I feel like that is like the last well, thing. I feel like they weren't necessarily trying to tell him, but he was finding out piece by piece. And so they were kind of like, we have to like give him a little bit of information because he's on to us, you know? Yeah. And so, so like, it's just kind of like he's, he's over his head on this. Ben is, and he's just so unpredictable, which he's in too deep. United, and he's trying and to the keep up <laughs> above. It's, he definitely went under. No, yeah, but don't you feel like episode two is just such a perfect introduction because it shows us, like he cares. He kind of while while we admire like his um, his prowess, trying to like be the good guy and be the good person. He's also got this very unpredictable nature about him. He has demons. He's just irrational. He's got demons. And you know that it's going to pop up later in the show. And it's, and it's just how episode two ends, just as how it starts, is where he's running into the lake naked. It's like, it's just a perfect ending. It's like, uh, just so, uh, you know, it's just so fitting that that character is unpredictable. He's kind of out of control. But um, and but you see he cares, like he especially cares for Ruth. Like He does, dude. And like, it was weird to see Ruth like, like someone. I never thought like Ruth's character would love someone. But she generally falls in love with him. And she gets, like, first off, Ben is just a wild card. Like, Ben has the outburst at the, at the, at the, the, what was like a fundraiser with like a senator or whatever. Yeah. And then they have to pull him out and that gets him sent to jail and that gets him committed. Well, yeah, it's like the Missouri, the Bell, the casino thing that they're doing or whatever, right? Yeah. So, fun fact, me and Kyle have had to deal with emergency detentions and committals. And it the That's an interesting thing to watch, isn't it? I was like, I was like, yeah, that's not how you do it. I could place him under emergency <laughs> detention, actually, by state law. 
You sound just like a uh, Holland security officer that we work with. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so. No, I do think, um, oh, I don't know. Uh, I feel like that's not brought up when it comes to, like, committing someone to. Yeah, like. Uh, that's not brought up a lot. It doesn't. It's kind of, I feel like it's, it's definitely an unknown still. Like, as far as, like, you know, people that have that type of disorder, um, you know, what can be legally done situation or circumstance of his nature but yeah yeah so we see it's kind of sad to see his character go downhill like that well cause like he got mad because John Frank Cosgrove Jr Molly rocks the hell out of Ruth out of his girl yeah which pisses off him because Marty's like eh, can't touch him gotta, gotta stay alone I'll talk to his daddy though we'll figure it out exactly which is kind of which makes Ruth lose a little bit of faith in the birds is because she feels like they don't actually have her back when they should have. And that she kind of, and that's where you kind of see the kind of the separation between Ruth and the birds start to uh, occur in the series. And it's going to be really interesting in season four with the way they've kind of set things up, like with uh, Darlene... Um, Siding with the Kansas City mob? Dude, there better be yeah, a scene in Kansas City, bro. Birds, bro. They better they, they better film a scene in the parking lot of her hospital. Oh, bro. It's going to be epic. We're going to be in it. We're going to actually join in. Bro, bro, they made a reference to Overland Park in the show. I know, bro. I was like, OP, baby, OP. A shop at a grocery store and OP on the reg. <laughs> well, not so much now because social distancing. Stay inside. Y'all better stay inside. Yup, it just like yes. so. That that, the, that was uh, crazy how how much pull the Snells have. Like Darlene literally like goes to the sheriff and says, "What do I have to do to get you to convince the judge to release him?" And he's like, "All right." <laughs> yeah, exactly. You got to find someone else to move that dope. Dude, she's got a lot of say, bro. I know she, she got a lot of she got a lot of what they call pull. She's got some clout. She has. She's a clout chaser. She's a <laughs> she crowd pleaser. She's already got it. Dude, she's the most insane person to have clout because that she she's. Is. A, and does she still not look completely insane? Bro, I feel like she gets worse. First off, like if anyone hasn't watched the show, she is smashing Wyatt Langmore. Dude, it is the they most are cool. smashing dog. They're bro. He's he's. He's like taking on the father figure role, like with is with Zeke. I was like, did this dude even graduate think? high school, bro? I'm like, bro, this, I'm like, what in the hell is going on here? This is too outrageous. Like, bro, this is nasty, dog. She's she's going and smashing a dude that could be her grandchild, bro. This show is definitely interesting in how it shows off, like, the dynamics of everyone's relationships, especially between, you know, male-female relationships. And I think it's interesting how Ben and Ruth's relationship works out. I mean, you kind of see how Ben is almost this, like, modern-day man figure, male figure, and, like, how... You know, he's, like, perfectly okay with Ruth and how she is and her, you know, how um, ambitious she is. And, like, he's perfectly okay with it. Yeah. And in any past relationships, it's, like, it was usually the man that, you know, how we talked about, like, the male was no longer attracted to the female after she kind of, like, outdid him. Yeah. In uh, ambition or in any job. Yeah, no, for sure. It's... You see, you just see like the difference there with uh, Ben and all the other males, and I think that's kind of an interesting take on you know modern day male figures. 
It for sure. And like it just weird so like he gets committed because he starts the outburst because he felt like his brother and sis- his brother in law and sister weren't doing enough to protect Ruth. So he yeah. fights for the ones he loves, gets committed, gets released, gets a t- that taxi scene was one of the realest scenes of someone with a mental disorder. Yeah, like the beginning of that episode. When he's like, just like, rambling. Rambling on? Oh, totally. I thought that was a really interesting scene. Like, I had... Dude, we literally saw that like two days ago. I was like, what? Which, but at the same time, did it not make you kind of feel bad for the taxi cab driver? Because like, how many like patients have we had like sent on their way with taxis and we're just like oh my gosh i feel so sorry for that cab no bro dude it's gonna be like one to blow his brains out i think about that um dude i think about that regularly (laughs) i like i've put i've forced people into taxis and like oh my god what have we done it just shows you man uh being a taxi driver is like it's no guarantee man like i i dude they need to get hazardous pay bro because the absolutely because like i literally feel bad the thing is we go to church with a taxi driver for our for our for the organization we work for and i remember one day we were pulling up and dropping off someone and i'm like god i am so, she's like what are you giving me now and i was like i'm so sorry i'm so sorry julia i didn't mean <laughs> i'm so sorry i'm so sorry, I'm sorry. I, I, I swear to god bro but yeah just watching that mental breakdown i'm like man that's that's super real like i've seen people rant and ramble like that and then he just shows up to aaron's house and just screams at aaron i was and basically which I didn't like, like her character. I just did not like, but her character was, I mean, was so it was, rude. It was a, it was a, it was an, a, a appropriate character. Like I get where her placement is in the story, but uh, she's just an unlikable character, bro. So like she's she, just rude. She's just rude. She's so rude. So she finds <laughs> out everything from her. Her mom's trying to yeah, clean it up. But that's when Charlotte steps in for like the few moments Charlotte's there. And Charlotte's like, you can't talk to anyone about this. No one. Except exactly. for us. Because they're like the seasoned vets of having to hold information in. <laughs> Her and Jonah. Yeah, and so like Ben has that outburst and then Ben shows up at the casino. And then Wendy tries to get Ben to escape. And then Ben somehow gets a cell phone, calls the police, and says he's being hunted down by the cartel. And the yeah. police show up. And Wendy has to talk him out of it, and she realizes her brother... Because of her lawyer background, is she able to talk herself out of it because she knows her laws. Yeah. And it, what Petey can get away with and what they cannot. Yeah. And, and she realizes the vehicle. And she realizes at that point she can't save her brother. Like, her brother is, like, gone beyond the point. Like, he is going wait, to wait, get wait, killed. Wait, wait. It's not necessarily that point. I feel like it's the point where they go to the gas station... And he buys another cell phone. And buys another freaking cell phone where she's just like, I don't know what to do anymore. Like, like that's where she like realizes like she's at a loss. Like she, she can't save her brother, like because she doesn't know what to do. She doesn't know how to help something like that in in such a dangerous environment. That's yeah. What she knows and I I really enjoyed how this episode like this whole series brought like this whole season brought oh, dude, like it's, it's mental like mental illness and you see how it screws up like every family every family has that one family member or if not more that has an issue and it's really hard to describe it unless you've seen it in person like we deal with it every day at work and it literally destroys families oh yeah yeah you definitely it it kind of makes me empathize with uh, the family members even more oh yeah for sure and like you know that's 
you think about it, like that's someone they've known their entire lives that they've grown up with that you know at some point in time like had a normal a normalcy about them oh yeah and, and they probably and the, the thing is Wendy literally has probably saw him start like he's seen his progressive progression into madness like he's been committed right. before and that's right. what gets like, Ruth to get him out because she sees him suffering and I'm like right. And haven't seen that in real life. I'm like, yo, you just gotta let him stay. In, you gotta let him stay in there, man. Like, yeah. And yeah, because I mean, do they lose maybe a, a bit of their humanity, like in having to take medication, possibly? And that's what he was fight trying to fight against was that feeling like he was somehow turning into this almost robotic type figure that just has to interact. It has to take this medication in order to interact. Um, in a socially appropriate way, but it's it's a loss of oneself a little bit. So it's kind of interesting, like to see both sides of that. Oh yeah, dude! Like that that whole scene was crazy, and then she just drives away crying on the side of the road, and uh, Nelson goes and blows his head. I don't. We don't really don't. We don't see him kill like Nelson kill him, but yeah. you know he's dead. I was thinking that because that's like where the episode I believe episode nine ends, and then it goes on to episode ten, and I'm thinking. There's going to be another catch to this. Like, maybe he doesn't die. Like, something happens here that maybe we're not being shown. But that's where I was kind of like, well, I guess he did die. And I guess um, Nelson, uh, Helen's hitman, is take, taking him to the uh, cremation place. And they're, and then that's where you see Ruth, like, deal with it all. Yeah, and Ruth doesn't really get to mourn either. Marty literally puts him in the... Yeah, puts him in the crematorium. Marty's like, oh, uh, see ya, bud. You've been a piece I mean, of shit, man. She's obviously like, she's upset about it. Of course. I feel like we kind of get robbed of that ability to uh, see Ruth and Ben interact before his, you know, like one last time before his uh, final, final uh, minutes in the series. Yeah. So I was like, that's that was kind of a disappointment for me, but. It was made up for by Wendy's um, story with him and how that all played out. No, for sure, dog. And but, uh, yeah. definitely on going, like, on to, like, we're almost at the hour mark. On to, like, the final thoughts. This upcoming season is going to be a bloodbath. I just have a feeling. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised, though, to see, um, see it kind of delve back into more of the birds and, like, their like inner family like more the family conflict there because there's definitely like, issues that need to get brought up i feel like a lot of this season don't you think it was like more spread out it's oh. more than going with helen's helen and their partners and uh you know navarro cartel done with the lagunas and the like, snells you really didn't have a chance to see much of the uh inner workings of, like uh, jonah's uh, definitely gonna play a huge part because jonah shows up to helen's house with a gun yes which i thought that was so how she's basically getting she is about to leave to go to Mexico um, on that plane and Jonah shows up with a, uh, a rifle pointed right at her and she talks way out of that but as soon as they get there she's getting her head blown off by uh, who other than her own personal hitman Nelson who I'm glad they kept around because I actually for some odd reason I don't know what it is but I have I always have like a, a, an affinity for uh, hitmen in TV shows. Like, I mean, he's kind of plays a typical hitman, like kind of quiet, reserved, does his job, like you know, 
is kind of robotic, but there's still something interesting and fascinating about him, I think. He's a man so, of violence. He is, bro. If any man that's willing to be violent. Bro, we haven't even touched on the fact that uh, he also killed their therapist. Oh, yeah, the therapist that was getting paid off to side with Marty. Yes. Because well, she, was, she was being too loud, bro. She brought a McLaren. She freaking bought a McLaren, bro. What do you think? Like, I don't think... I didn't think. Well, I was like, "Why is that the first car? Why did you just buy a Toyota Prius?" I don't. <laughs> Would you have? I think it's like a funny part of this show is just an old lady buying the McLaren like that, just buying like just spending her money like that. I don't like, even know where to buy a McLaren. Where to even? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm pretty savvy. I did like. Uh, I did like the moments where it was uh, the therapist talking with Wendy and Marty and we're seeing more of the you know just their relationship and it gives us I mean it clues us in more to maybe the turmoil in their relationship and I hope we don't have to see as much of that in the next season because there are at certain points moments where I feel like it's um, it becomes a little much it's just like exhausting a little bit so I hope like it, it peels back and like Wendy and Marty are actually able to get along while being business partners. So I hope it, it they're able to get along in order to push the story forward. It's like that Blink-182 song, Stick Together for the Kids. Exactly. <laughs> I just, dude, what are your predictions for season three? I mean, season four. excited to see how uh, we're going to see, I think it's going to be Ruth versus the birds, and it's going to be interesting to see just what happens, just with the KC mob sided with Ruth and uh, the Snells. Snells and Wyatt, and uh, you know, versus basically it's kind of like Midwest versus you know, Mexico the western, the western world uh, Zeke's mom's going to reappear Interesting, man. Um, and then you've got the Navarro cartel and the birds, which is going to be a pretty, pretty tough matchup. I, I, but I'm really excited to see it. And the the ending too. I thought, I thought the ending was just such a perfect side, or just a perfect, uh, almost comedic little ending to it, because you see how Navarro is just like hugging the two of them after. Uh, Helen gets shot in the head and they've got blood just like all over them and they're just like in states of shock and like he's just like consider this like uh, you know the beginning of our new relationship or whatever <laughs> and they're just like he's like happy and hugging them and they're just like oh god what have we got ourselves into like, it's like there. it's like he's so he's in too deep and he's trying to keep his head above cause I'm in, in too deep. deep dude this could all be some Summed up by some 41, bro. Yeah, bro. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I'm excited, man. It's got me, it got me, it's getting me revved up, bro. Dude, this is like, this gave me something to watch in quarantine, bro. Yes. This, this, The Outsider and Watchmen are probably my top shows of this year. You think so? See, I, I stopped watching The Outsider because of Bateman's character getting killed off so early on. But I kind of see why. Obviously, he's putting his whole like time and resources into this show more than he would be like a show like The Outsider. 
So maybe I'll give it a chance. I'll finish it off. But yeah, um, uh, Ozark. Ozark's like just one of the top shows for me right now. Even though I don't feel like it's at times uh, a very original show, it still does so many things that are just well done. And I think the way it's just. I think the acting to the cinematography to the directing, uh, I think the storyline is just interesting. Like it just it does so many things well that it's it's hard to pass up on. It's just like it brings up tele- like I know like last year in television there were some good shows like for sure like Mr. Robot was up there for me. Because um, I I had waited because we I thought that was gonna come out last year but it didn't. But so like we had Mr. Robot, The Sopranos. I'm I'm starting to get The Sopranos. And I'm like damn. This is poetry. Yeah. This is poetry, bro. Yeah, yeah you're liking it so far? It's, How far are you? Yeah, if you ain't watched The Sopranos, bro, you should watch it. Deadass, bro. What the? Hey, hey, easy. Ah, easy. What are you doing? I don't know, man. My alarm clock. My work alarm clock. Because I work that night shift. That night shift life. That swag life, bro. If you don't know about it, you will, you, you weak. <laughs> if you ain't never worked 12 hours at overnight, you weak. Maybe we'll do one on the Sopranos. Maybe we do. Honestly, we should. We should invite Papa Bo. Well, we gotta, we gotta get Papa Bo for that one. But yeah, so Kyle, any uh, any other uh, TV shows you, you think we're probably gonna review in the next couple of weeks? Um, I don't know yet. I'm still looking. Uh, I'm trying to finish up Altered Carbon. I've been going through that. Um, been hearing good things about it so far. I like season one. We'll see about season two. Because I've also heard that season two is slightly disappointing. But uh, yeah, I think The Sopranos would be a good one. And uh, possibly The Outsider if I work up the courage to continue on with it. Because we can get uh, co-host Matt to make a reappearance for the first time in ages. That's right, bro. We need need to get him back on. We might have to do this at The Outsider. We might have to, man. We don't know where he's at. It's not like you live with him. (laughs) Oh, wait. But yeah, if you if uh, if you ever want to be on an episode of Rider Reviews, you just have to hit one of us up, and we'll figure it out. Uh, we're gonna have to do it from afar via FaceTime because of social distancing. I ain't trying to get sick. I'm I'm an essential employee, and I need to stay. Six feet under, bro. Yeah, six feet apart or six feet under, bro. But uh, you make the choice. Rider Reviews out. <laughs>